pastors get away and I get a, prance, a chance to preach, okay? <clears throat> no, I don't want, I don't need applause. You may not say that till we're done. See if you want to clap or not. You know, <clears throat> I have a lot of things I could do today. Since last July, I've had so many supernatural experiences, prophetic events going into the heavens, and I could tell you about them. But you know, that isn't what God wants me to do. And what I want you to do is I want you to begin to go into the heavens and have those same experiences. And you know what it takes to do that? It takes faith. I I was just thinking about faith, and I thought, well, God, have I used my faith? Well, I want you to know that every time I come up here and give you a word, like you just heard this morning, I guarantee you that takes faith. I didn't have that word memorized. I didn't have a clue except, I, except open heavens. That's what I had. And do you see, you have to step out in faith. And that's what this sermon's going to be about. And I'm telling you, it's so important that you get it. And some of you are saying, I, I hear you already. Well, I've heard that. No, you haven't. Because you haven't got it. You haven't got it. And I haven't either. If we had it, we'd live a different life. If you had it, you wouldn't have a need. And you would have every desire of your heart fulfilled. I don't have that, and you don't have that. So you need to listen to what I'm going to say today because I believe this is, this is a simple sermon. You know me, I like to get really down there deep, and I like to pull out these extra special supernatural things. This is something we need. This is something you've got to have. And if you get this, I guarantee you, you will be changed. Okay, so say this, Pastor Virginia, I will listen, I will learn, and I will do this. Okay, you said that now. <clears throat> you know, it takes faith to get saved. Uh, everybody saved in here? Anybody not saved? Raise your hand, we'll get you saved. It takes faith to get saved, to become a born-again child of God. God says he's given to us a measure of faith. And you use that faith to get born again. Now, that's, that's necessary. You're destined for heaven. You have eternal life. But what are you going to do with all the scriptures about growing your faith, about using your faith, about maturing your faith, about increasing your faith? And there's even scriptures on fighting the good fight of faith. What do you do with those? Do you just get saved and say, okay, I'm done. Praise God. I've got my insurance and I'm going to heaven and I will endure. That is not what God planned. Now, when Apostle Eric preached a sermon, I don't know if you remember it some weeks ago. He preached a sermon on faith and I thought I was going to just raise up out of that chair. I was getting so excited and I thought, you know what? If we had this down... You wouldn't get too excited about it. You would say, okay, I, I got that, I know that. But I, I was just thinking, okay, we're back to basics here, and we haven't really got the basics. Now, some of you that have been saved all this time, you think, oh, yeah, I do. I'm telling you, you don't. So you need to listen. 
Okay. Um, my prayer for you today is that you catch this, that you, that it penetrates you, that it goes down inside of you and works. You know, the Word of God's alive, in case you don't know that. It's alive. You know, you can swallow a, a medicine pill and it'll just dissolve in your body. But you swallow a gospel pill and it'll work for the rest of your days. It's alive. It works. God wants you to be blessed. I, I want you to know that. You are not supposed to be living in poverty. You're not supposed to be poor. God wants you blessed beyond anything you can ask or think or imagine. Now, how many of you are there? You have every need met. You don't have a need. When you are so blessed, you're just letting it flow through you to others. That's what God wants to do. It isn't that he wants to just bless you, bless you, bless you. He wants you to be a conduit. He wants you to be a, what's the word? Um, Funnel, maybe. Somebody, what'd you say? A blessing? Okay, be blessed to be a blessing so that you can give to others. Now, I'm not just talking about finances. Isn't that where your mind goes? Don't you immediately think, okay, okay, money. That's what you think. You know, God wants to bless you spiritually, physically, physically, John, financially, mentally, socially, and emotionally. Spirit, soul, and body. We're supposed to be walking on a higher level than we are. And, you know, those of us that have been walking this walk 10, 20, 30 years, shame on us. Shame on us that we haven't got it and taught it to the others. So we're going to start with Ephesians 1, verse 3. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, Did you hear that? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if God has already blessed us, are you looking for them to begin tomorrow? So those blessings have already occurred, but where are they? They're in heavenly places. Where are you? You can be in heavenly places. And the word says you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I know that's true because, you know, I, I did have a vision of that. And God took me into the heavenlies, and we were headed towards heaven. I could just see the, I could see the planet heaven, and it was so bright. And he stopped outside of heaven, and he set up chairs. The angels, they, they came and they set chairs up outside of heaven. And I thought, what in the world are we doing? Then they told us to sit down. And I began to look and people were coming from everywhere and people that I knew, some of you were there. And we all sat down and Jesus walked in. And he said, now, I want you to know that you know that you are seated with me in heavenly places. I will never forget that. You see, that's where you really are spiritually. And he said, look down there. You are above all that would harass and hinder you. You're above principalities and powers, wicked spirits in high places, rulers of darkness. You're above. See, this is where you sit. So I want you to know 
that if we have these spiritual blessings, and they've already been given it because it said he has given us these blessings. That doesn't mean he will. It means he has. So we need them here, don't we? Is that not our problem? We got them in heavenly places. Lord, we need them in this earth realm. Is there anybody that doesn't need a blessing pulled out of the heavens into this earth realm? Well, I didn't think there would be. If if there was, I was going to let you finish the sermon. Okay. Has means already done. All means what? What? All means. And it says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now, I, I see you thinking again. You're thinking, okay, that's, um, if you're not thinking money, you're thinking, well, that's all spiritual things. You know, that's salvation. That's um, uh, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's, you know, I, I'm going to blow your bubble on that one, too. So I, I'm, I'm going to start with, what if your roof is leaking? And that's happening around here, I guess, because we had some hail and people are getting new roofs. What if the tires on your car are shot and your rent is due and it's income tax time? Now, you have all these spiritual blessings up there with Christ in heavenly places. But the question is, how do I get them translated Down here. I want you to listen to this really clearly. If this earth is material, do you think it's made out of material things? You can see, hear, touch, taste, smell. This thing is, what do you say? um, It has substance, doesn't it? The earth is material. You agree with that? Okay. Do you agree God created it? Praise God. In John 4, 24, Jesus said that God is a spirit. Those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. So a spirit created material things. You got that? This isn't hard. That means that God is a spirit and he must be more real than this. But you know what? We can't see him. We can't touch him physically. We can't hear well, we can hear him. We can hear him, see him, touch him with your spiritual senses. You know, you have five spiritual senses just like you have five physical senses, and I can't preach on that now because I've got to stick with this. Anyway. God is a spirit and he made these material things. That must mean that all these material things were first spiritual. So these, these things, this thing right here even, is dependent on spiritual things to exist, which means that everything starts, begins, has its origin in the spirit realm. That means that my leaking roof... My bald tires, my money I need for the rent and the taxes was first spiritual. So, 
I didn't say that was a good spiritual. I said it was the first. It's a spiritual issue. So, my new roof and um, my four new tires and the money I need for the rent and to pay the taxes, I've got them all in the heavenly places. They're not doing me any good. You got to get this today. You got to get this. Ephesians 1 3 says, I already have these things. All spiritual blessings. If these, you see, you don't think of those as being spiritual, do you? Because they're very, um, what, ordinary. They're, they're needs that you have every day, and, and you don't think that's spiritual. But if everything began in the spirit realm, and it, we need to bring it from the spirit realm to this material, earthly realm, then it's a spiritual issue. And it's possible to reach up there by faith. You see, faith is like a car or a bus or a plane or a ship. Faith is just the vehicle that brings the blessings of God to you. Do you know God is a faith God? He, faith is what moves him. You know, how many ghettos do we have in the United States? Many. If need moved God, there would be no ghetto. He would already have cleaned them all up immediately. Do you get that? Faith is what moves the hand of God. And you know what? We've just been slacking on that. Are, are you, I mean, you're so quiet, I don't know if you're getting it or whether you're mad at me, okay? So smile at me. Okay. Now, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into getting them out of the heavenly realms to here. You know, faith is so extremely important, and I'm going to tell you it's the most important thing. After you get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues every day, then faith is the most important thing you should learn and activate and use. Now, some of you are going to say, there's that scripture, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, and I'm going to tell you that you can't love some people without faith. You've got to get this faith thing down first. Love is greater. God's love is greater than anything in the whole earth, in the whole universe. But I'm telling you, you won't be able to participate in it if you don't have faith. So we got to get this down, Okay. So what is faith? Well, I think if I asked each of you, you'd probably give me a different answer. So I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to tell you faith is assurance or persuasion. It's the moral conviction of, of this word right here. It's being constant in your confession. Tell me what a confession is. What is confession? What? Opening your mouth and speaking. Okay. Can all of you do that? Okay. Belief is to have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or a thing, or to commit or to trust. Now, I'm going to tell you that belief and faith are not the same. 
Now, I want, I want you to get this definition of faith. I want it to be just, I want God to write it indelibly on your heart today. Faith is acting on what you believe. Now, is that hard? No. Say it with me. Faith is acting on what you believe, or I believe. Say I. Faith is acting on what I believe. Say it again. Faith is acting on what I believe. Okay? Believing will never change your circumstances, Matt. Susan. Angela. Believing will never change your circumstances, but faith will. So, what are you going to do? You know, you can believe God can heal. How many of you believe God can heal? You can believe God can heal and die. And we've had people die, and people have said, oh, well, you know, they just believe God. You know, and I believe they just had faith. Well, I don't think we know what people believe, and we can't even say what they believe because sometimes we don't even know what we believe yet. So if you only believe, you just only believe. You do not exercise your faith. You know, God gave us authority. Jesus gave us authority when he left here. He said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy to trample on them, to, to just on scorpions and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Okay, you have been given authority. Did you know your authority is more powerful than the devil's power? So that's what you do. You chain him up with your authority because he, he doesn't have a way to escape that because you've been given the authority of Jesus Christ. That authority is so powerful, it's, it chains up the devil's power. People say the devil doesn't have power. Yes, he does. Jesus took his authority away from him, his authority to use it against you. So now you have authority, so you just just keep him at bay with your authority. Now, that wasn't in my sermon here. Okay. When you have authority, it's not going to do you any good. You know, Sheldon has as much authority as I do. Jan has as much authority as I do. But if, if they start speaking the word and they start uh, binding up Satan, principalities and powers, rules of darkness, wicked spirits in high places, all of the strong men, whatever, and I'm just sitting here saying, it's good, it's good. Well, they're doing good, aren't they? And it's not going to do me any good. And that's what we've been doing. It's kind of like Pastor Eric said on the exercise, you know. You sit down and watch the exercise video, and yeah, that's good. That's good, that's good. Yes, do some more, do some more. And you don't ever get up. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing with faith. I can't demonstrate it like he can, so I wouldn't even try. <clears throat> now, remember the centurion came to Jesus, and he said, I'm a man under authority. My servant is sick. He's ill. So you just speak the word only, and he'll be healed, because I understand authority. Do you understand authority? You are under authority. Jesus Christ gave you authority. And so, Jesus called that great faith. Did you know that? This is a Roman soldier, centurion. He called it great faith. He healed the servant from that very moment. 
Okay? He, um, he spoke. What it was that he said, um, if you'll just speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Hmm. So speaking or saying is a way of exercising your faith. I'm telling you, you can exercise your faith positively or negatively. So speaking or saying is a way to exercise our faith, okay? That's where we've missed it. We've believed and believed and believed, but we haven't acted. And God's a faith God, and so since we haven't acted, we didn't get what we believed for. Now, we call that in the... I don't know what you call this circle anymore. I used to call it charismatic, and then I called it word of faith, and now we're apostolic prophetic, so we just keep going, changing. We call that a faith wreck, but I'm telling you it's a belief wreck. You know, you, you believe. If you really, truly believe, you will act on what you believe. So Luke seven thirty-seven and 38, we have a woman who came to Jesus with an alabaster jar of fragrant oil. And she broke it and she washed his feet and she cried. She was a sinner, a great sinner. Gotta find my place. And behold, a woman who was in the city, a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. She stood at his feet behind him, weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now I ask you, have you ever thought about this? Look at all she did. First of all, she believed that she would be saved from her sins. That was her belief. So did she stay at home, fix her a cup of coffee, sit down on the couch and say, I believe that I can be saved because Jesus will save me. You can do that now, really. But he had not died and rose again this time. And so what did she do? She brought it. That means she went from one place to another. She stood behind him. She wept. She washed his feet with her tears, she wiped his feet with her hair, and she kissed his feet, and she anointed him with the fragrant oil. Do you see all those actions? I mean, one of them would have been an action, but she kind of really did it. And Jesus called her weeping faith, and he called her standing faith, and he called what she brought faith, and he called her anointing his feet faith, and he called the wiping her tears with her hair faith. And you know what he said to her? Your faith has saved you. It wasn't the beautiful words that she spoke. It wasn't just that she came, but she acted on what she believed. Luke seventeen five and 6. The apostle said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And you know what did he say? Okay. Okay, let me lay hands on you and I'll increase your faith. Isn't that kind of what we would have expected him to do? Increase our faith. Okay, he could have said, I'm just going to 
I am just going to speak more faith to you. What did he say? He said, this is an unusual answer to their question. If you have faith, well, we all have faith, okay? If you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, you would what? 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 Say. Oh, say. Okay, can I say in my thoughts? I know some of you are great thinkers. Robert. Does he say think? You, if you had great faith like a mustard seed, you can think to this mulberry tree. Be uprooted and planted in the sea and it'll obey you. Does it say, do you think it means, okay, mulberry tree. It means say it out loud. Quit being embarrassed to do what the Word of God says to do. You know, we're so afraid we'll look silly or we'll act silly or, or it's silly to talk to a tree. Well, Jesus talked to a tree. He cursed a tree, and it died, didn't it? Well, if Jesus can talk to a tree, I can talk to a tree. How about you? So he says, if you'll say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, it'll obey you. Would that increase your faith? That's what he's saying. As soon as you talk to that mountain, that whatever that is that's in front of you, as soon as you tell it to get out of the way, it'll go. Your faith will increase. That's how you increase your faith. You use it. You use it, you know. I'm going to the gym. Can you believe it? Linda's forcing me. No, that's not true. I'm going to the gym. I know very little about muscle. I know very little about the gym. It's the first time I've ever darkened one in my life. It's a new experience for me. Anyway, I'm developing muscle. It isn't there yet because I, I haven't been but, I don't know, ten times. But. A muscle has to be used, I believe. Isn't that right? Or you lose it. Well, so how many have been using your faith? Or are you losing it? Okay. Ouch, huh? Ouch. All right. I keep losing my place. All right. So Jesus said you can say. There are two ways to release your faith, by what you say and the action that you take. Now, you can say, I believe I'm healed. You can say, I'm healed. God heal me. And then somebody comes along a half an hour later, and they say, well, how are you feeling today? And you miss it. We all do it. You say, Oh, I tell you, my knees have hurt so bad today, I don't know how I can stand much more. See, that's not faith. Is that what God said about you? No. And you just negated. You just stopped. You just cut all your faith off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith is activated by the words of your mouth. And it may not be that you can do anything. I mean, you may say, okay, I know I'm healed. I, I, I just feel it. You just say it. But later, somebody will come along and give you opportunity to negate your faith. And you have to be aware, the devil will send an army if he can. They'll knock on your door, the phone will ring, everything will happen, trying to get you to say, what does he want you to say? Because saying the right thing 
will bring you miracles and healings and blessings because they're already yours. They're right up there, and they belong to you, okay? They belong to me. So you can't just believe it. you got to say it out loud. Some of you guys, you don't like to do that. You know, you want to think it or you want to whisper it. You don't want anybody to think you're silly, but I'm telling you, God doesn't think you're silly. He calls it great faith. Okay. Some of you are so worried about saying, and I want you to know you've already missed it. If you're afraid to say it, you've missed it. And you will never, now listen to me, I'm being mean. You'll never activate your faith if you're worried about saying it out loud and somebody hearing you. You know, I mean, you can say it around us, and we'll all agree with you. Yes, you're healed, da 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 But you know what? You'll have opportunity to say it around people that think you're weird. They think you're squirrely. They think you're flaky. They think, you know, well, does she just go around spouting the Word of God all the time? You know, you can say the Word of God without it sounding like Scripture. I'm going to show you how to do that today. And you don't have to do it, but I'm just talking about putting it in plain old English so that it's just normal. It just pops out of your mouth. The right thing pops out of your mouth. Um, okay. I'm a little guilty of this. You know, I am tired. You ever say that? I am so tired. You know what Isaiah 40 says? Anybody know what the last part of Isaiah 40 says? You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Well, so I must not be agreeing with the word. You have to say what God says. Okay? The secret is to agree with what God has said. And, you know, we think we do. Well, I'm believing that God is going to heal me. That is not what he said. I'll show you that pretty soon. People may call you braggers and arrogant and prideful and self-centered and materialistic. But, you know, we got to quit agreeing with the world and agree with the word. It's really easy to agree with the enemy. He is so sly, and he he just, it'll just happen in a blink. And you know those words? Those words are out there. You can't get them back. When you negate your faith, you just got to begin again because you can't can't take them. We want to take them back, but you can't. The Lord showed me a vision once of the words that I was speaking, and he he showed me an angel, and there was this like a clothesline following the angel, and it was all the words I'd been spoken. And this angel was just flying around in the atmosphere with those words. I thought, ooh, i got a few out there. I'd like for the angel to drop so they go down below, you know. <clears throat> so why do I owe money then? Why is my rent not paid? Why can't I buy a car when I need one? Why can't I get health insurance? How come it's hard to pay my electric bill? How come I've got credit card debt? 
Do you think God put you here so that you could be, um, you could show him how much you love him by how poor you are? You know, there's a scripture that says, it's Luke 2.32, Do not fear, little flock. That's us. We're the flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, when you think of a kingdom, it has a king, and I believe they have, oh my, beautiful rooms and furnishings and jewels and do you not think of it that way, the kingdom? It's, it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, do you have the kingdom? There's another scripture, 1 Timothy six seventeen, that says God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Sometimes we say, well, God put that on them to teach them a lesson. Well, you know, if he gives you all things richly to enjoy, you're not going to enjoy sickness or disease. So that that just um, negates the fact that God would put, you know, you don't even want to talk to me about God putting bad stuff on you because I don't talk that way. I mean, I don't, I don't hear you. God is a good God, and he doesn't put bad stuff on you. And if bad stuff's happened to you, then you need to get some faith and get it out of there and get changed because the Word of God says that God is a healer and a deliverer, and, he's, and a healer and a deliverer does not bring sickness and disease. So that was free. Um, so I want you to get the place where you'll begin your journey or begin it afresh. Some of you that think you got it down. I'm telling you, you haven't got it down. You haven't got it up either. You know, now that doesn't mean you can't wear a certain dress if God doesn't tell you which dress to wear. It doesn't mean you can't go buy groceries because God didn't say you could go buy groceries. It doesn't mean you can't get a car because one didn't, didn't just drive up to your doorstep and the keys were brought to you. You know, we've we just been stupid about some things. We just think, well, God doesn't want me to have it or he'd have given it to me. Well, God doesn't want you to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I guess, or he'd have given it to you. Well, he already gave it to you. You have to ask. You have to get it for yourself. And, you know, God will make a way for every need to be met. He may not bring the car on your doorstep. I'm not saying he won't. Some of you he may. Praise God. I'm just telling you, he intends for your needs to be met. And not only that, he goes beyond that. He said, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, that's over and above needs. Way, way over and above needs. Are you with me today? You're frowning at me here again. Okay. The second thing I want to tell you, that was all about the fact that faith is acting on what you believe. Well, this is about the just shall live by faith. Did you know that's in the Bible? It's in Habakkuk 2.4. Now, are you just or not? Just means the righteous, those saved people, okay? If you're going to live by faith, hmm, how many of you? I want to see your hand if you're going to tell me you totally live by faith. Well, I got one hand. I may... Uh, <clears throat> May contradict you here, but we'll see. Okay. Um, do you think maybe God just put that scripture in there for us to read and think, oh, well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? 
Or do you think maybe God commanded us to live by faith because he's a faith God? Okay, I submit to you. Do you live by faith or do you live by your paycheck? Or do you live by your annuity? Or do you live by your savings or the money that you have in the stock market or whatever? Do you live by your circumstances? Do you live in this town because you have a job here? Is that the only reason? Is, you know, does your job dictate your life? How about your relationships? Are you in relationship with people because that's just the way it has happened and you're stuck with it? Or, or do you have relationships formed by faith? Do you let your circumstances dictate the church you go to or don't go to? <clears throat> do you think God gave us the measure of faith just so we could get saved? Nope, we've missed it. I know some of you have heard a hundred sermons on faith. <clears throat> some of you, this may be new, but some of you have heard it over and over again. Well, I want you to know I haven't got it yet either. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's like a television set. You know, these big new television sets are pretty complicated to me. They come in with a dish or direct TV, and it takes about 40 cords to hook everything up, and, and then you need lessons on how to operate it after you get it. But if you don't push the power button, you're not going to enjoy that TV very much. You aren't, uh, you aren't going to get squat. Now, you can push all those other buttons, and you may get some squiggles and whatever, but you aren't going to get what you're intended to get. Same way with a car. People can bring you a brand-new car, you know, give you the keys. You've got to turn the key in the ignition. You've got to drive it down the road. That's what we've got to We've all got faith, just like you've got a car. We've all got faith, just like you've got a TV. You haven't activated it in every area, in every area. See, some of you, some of you have got it spiritually. Some of you have got it physically. Some of you have got it emotionally and mentally. But see, God wants us to have it in every area. I've got to get a drink of this and quit carrying it around. Some of you are saying, oh, yes, sister, I got faith. I use my faith every day. I'm saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost and going to heaven. Well, what else? What else? How many of you could tell me one thing, at least one thing, God gave you by you using your faith? <clears throat> Winona? Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Whoa. Well, praise God. I still want you to listen because you may have just got one thing or ten things, and God wants you to get all things. All things. You see, that means you gotta burn your bridges, and that's not too funny. See, you either live by faith or you live by your paycheck, by the world system. And I'm telling you, 
it's hard to burn your bridges. Now, that doesn't mean that I send back my annuity check. doesn't mean you send back your Social Security check. But it means you operate differently on a different realm. Okay, faith is belief. Acting on the belief turns it into faith. You got that? It can't be faith until you've had belief. It can't be faith till you've acted on the belief, and now you got faith. It's like making a cake. We put in the belief, we add the action on that belief, and we come out with faith. See, isn't that good? Now, faith, the third thing I want to tell you is faith takes time to grow. Galatians 6, 9, you know that. It tells us don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in doing good because in due season, due time, you will reap if you don't faint, if you don't give up, if you don't quit. Okay, it takes time to grow faith. I got saved, baptized, well, I got saved when I was 10. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was about 45, and I'm telling you, I haven't I haven't quit yet, and I'm still going, and I've been changing and changing and changing and learning and, and growing. But I wanted, boy, the next morning after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I wanted it all right then. How many of you were like that? I mean, oh, my goodness, the Bible opened up, and it's like, oh, all these things are mine. How do I get them, God? Which one do I go for first? Whoa, let's go. <clears throat> I wanted to be anointed. I wanted to lay hands on the sick. I wanted to do miracles and signs. You know what? Faith takes time to grow. Well, pooey on that, you know. But now it's been 23 years and <clears throat> faith has grown. And I have believed God for many things and he has, he has brought them. I've used my faith. But I know there's so many, so many places that I haven't. And I, and I say to you, no matter who you are, no matter how spiritually wonderful and acclaimed you are, you have not used your faith to the extent God wants you to use it. <clears throat> faith will produce results every time. Now, you're going to tell me, well, it didn't happen. I'm going to tell you, you missed it with your faith. Somewhere, either you didn't really believe it I know that sometimes you can start out saying it and you, you really don't quite believe it. The more you say it, the more you do believe it. You know, I, I have prayers that I pray. I, I have to have my prayer time every day. I hope you have to have that too. It's what makes me tick the rest of the day. I, I got to have that time. But there are many, many prayers that that I have prayed. And I know I, I keep fine-tuning the way I say them. And after I wrote this sermon, I went back and I looked at some of those things that I pray about. Some things you drop, and then you add more. You know, it's ever-changing what you're praying about. And I've been asking God what he wants me to pray about. So sometimes you don't get to your stuff. God just takes care of them. Anyway... There's always something fresh and new to learn. There's always a different way to say what, what you've been praying or what you've been asking in a way that agrees with God. So I want you to do this today. I want you to go home from this sermon, from this 
meeting, from this gathering. And I want you to look at what you've been saying and how you've been saying it and see if you're agreeing with God or you're hoping with God. Okay? People get caught up. I mean, just like me. When I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to get a hold of faith, I was, I was excited, I want you to know. And you know what happens? You have a wreck. Because your faith hasn't had time to grow and expand. And so what do we do? We don't start with something like, I'm going to believe God to give me a new pair of socks. And God, I don't care how you do it. I just want to, I just want to see how, how this works, God. So I'm just going to believe you for a new pair of socks. What do we do? God, I want a new house and a new Cadillac, and I want to move. And he's like, you know, could we start at the beginning here? You know, it, it's like we, we're a microwave society. You know, we want it all. We want it right now. But you know what? It didn't work that way. And those things that I was talking about, the Cadillac, the new home, and the move that happened to me, and I did pray it for a long time once I started coming to church in Woodward. And, you know, the first Cadillac, Jerry was opposed to a Cadillac, you know, that might look flashy but i don't know god god won him over i guess right honey and um i believe god i I mean i told him exactly what i wanted i said god this faith stuff works now you're going to say that's materialistic virginia while you live in a materialistic world people and i needed a new car so why not a cadillac i wasn't even asking for a new one but I wanted, I wanted a burgundy one. I wanted it loaded. I mean loaded. I don't remember what else. I had several things. And I just, you know, God, I didn't ask every day. I just said, God, you know, I've, I've asked for this Cadillac, and I just thank you for it. And the day came that Jerry drove that car up into our garage. I don't know, it's probably 10 years old, wasn't it? But it was like new to me. It's the, most, it's the most beautiful car we ever had, actually. It had that real wood stuff on it, you know, and I mean, it was snazzy. But let me tell you, God gave it to us. We had to pay for it. See, that's what you think. Well, if God gave it to you, you shouldn't have to pay for it. No, he... He managed for us to have the finances to pay that thing out. We paid it out. That's okay. We paid it out. And you, 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 you're going to say, well, that's, that's a stupid little thing, Virginia. Pastor Virginia, no. That was a faith answer. This is not in my sermon. I haven't got time to tell you all this. What I'm trying to get you to see is that God cares. He cares if... If you want a pair of socks, he cares. You know, we we get to thinking, well, God is just so busy with all the world and all the universe. No, he's never too busy for his children. Would you be too busy for your child? No. So, I just want you to know this work, but it takes time to grow. I didn't get that car the next day. And, you know, the time came when... 
When we sold our house in Viceland, did you think I ever thought that would happen? I mean, I prayed and prayed and prayed for that. I thought, God, you have to change Jerry's heart. He is glued to this town of Viceland. He he was born there. He loves it. He, we're on the farm. You know, God changed his heart. And we sold that place, and we moved up here. I didn't ask for a new home. I mean, I had been told we were going to get one, but I was content for just a house. We looked all over Woodward, and, you know, there just wasn't anything to buy. I mean, that was halfway nice. There just wasn't anything. And Jerry says, we'll just build one. And Dick Mills had prophesied to me, never saw me, but he had prophesied because I partnered with him, that I was getting a new home. And I, I got a beautiful new home. So so God moved on him, and we moved to Woodward because our heart is here in this, with you, you know. And I had retired from the postal service, so so that era, praise God, Pam. Pam's the postmaster down there now. She got my job, hallelujah. <clears throat> By faith, she says. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I just want you to know that God cares about what you care about. It isn't instant. It takes time for faith to grow. You see, God had all the faith that that was needed for, to do all those things, to uh, let me retire, to move up here. I mean, I, I wanted to come long before we retired, and it was like, no. <laughs> so anyway, I retired in March, and we sold that house in May. We moved to Woodward. We built a house. We went into another business. We, I went on staff here, full-time in the ministry. It was like boom, 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 boom. Did you ever have that happen? Prayed for things, believed God for things, and then like suddenly, like they were in a row, bing, 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 like di- uh, dominoes, you know. You hit one of them, and they all went. And God just answered prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. You know, faith is like a marriage. <clears throat> if um, if you've only been married four or five years, you haven't got it yet. It takes time to get acquainted with your mate. It takes time to learn how to be in a marriage. A marriage has to take time to grow. You have to learn what makes her mad. What makes her glad? What makes him mad? What makes him sad? What makes him glad? You know, it it just takes time. But, you know, would you say a good marriage is something of value? Next month we'll celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. And (laughs) I'm not going to tell you that Jerry and I have never had a fight. We actually fuss a lot. I mean, people get around us and say, Oh, are you mad at him? I said, no, that's just the way we communicate. You know, we just, okay, okay. And, you know, we're not mad. <clears throat> we love each other. <clears throat> Part. <clears throat> okay, you have to be sold out for faith. You know, if a millionaire came in here and said, I'm going to give you four steps, and then, and he puts them up here on this chart, Here are four steps to you becoming a millionaire. And if you do these four steps, I guarantee you 
that you will become a millionaire. We'd all be scrambling to sign our name on the line. Now, wouldn't we? Tell me you would. I know you would. And see, we'd wait and wait and wait because that guy said it would work, didn't he? He said it would work, so all we got to do is do these four things. We're doing them, and bless God, we'll wait on those finances. We'll wait and wait and wait and wait. But when it comes to God and taking a piece of the word here to meet your need and waiting and waiting and waiting, well, God, what's the deal, God? Don't you love me? I mean, I thought you wanted me to have this, God. Well, I guess this is a no answer. Do you see what I'm saying? With God, we're willing to give up. But with man, he can come in and tell us how to be a millionaire. And boom, 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 we'll do that. Bless God, we'll do. Some of you are, you're, you're there. You're grinning at me. You know, I'm telling the truth. <clears throat> I want you to know you have an enemy. And he's after what God wants to give you. So it isn't a piece of pie, a piece of cake that's just going to land It's not going to just come. There's a fight. Number four is don't look at what you can see. Do you ever look at your circumstances? I got to get a drink of this. Delbert, do you ever look at your circumstances? Well, he's honest. Well, don't you ever look at your circumstances? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? You know, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, <clears throat> While we do not look at things that are seen, but we look at things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporary. They're subject to change, but what's... Not seen is eternal. But you know what we do? We live in this world. We go around and we see all of these things. We look at our bank account and we say, oh, me, oh, my. Right? I need money. We look at a relationship that's been severed and we say, you know, there's just no way it's ever going to. There's no recovery there. We look at children who are rebellious and we say, they will never change. We look at this rent house we're living in and we say, we will never own our own home. But that's not true, is it, Francisco? You got your own home, didn't you? Why do we do these things? We look at a sick and ailing mother and we say, she will never, never understand. She will never be well. But God wants to heal her, even if he's going to take her home. He wants to heal her. You see, we look at our circumstances. I'm, I'm just as guilty as you. You know, I'm preaching this to me. I want you to know I'm not just preaching at you. You know, we, we lose our job, and what happens? Oh, my, you know, can't pay the bills. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll probably lose our house. We'll probably lose our car. Is that what God said? See, we don't stop and check what God said. Second Corinthians doesn't say <clears throat> to forget it, to, to not even act like it happened, because you, you do live in this world. You're supposed to do what you can to help a situation. You're just not supposed to let that rule your life. You got that? 
You don't let the circumstances rule your life. Or do you? It's easy. Man, it is easy to get involved with those circumstances, isn't it? It is so easy. But if you're going to live by the word, you can't do it. And if you spend time looking at things that are, you'll get in great fear, I can tell you. The devil will just help you out on that. He'll just show you everything that's going on in the whole wide world so you can worry and be concerned about it. So don't deny that those things exist. Do what you can to um, help them, change them in a positive way. But don't let circumstances dictate your life. There is always a way out. God did not, he did not put temptation, trouble, despair on you. And it says he made a way. For everything that's going on in your life, he's got a door, he's got an opening. You just have to find it. Number five, faith is persistent. I don't have a clue about how long I've been going. Do I need to wrap this up? The woman from Canaan that that came and she cried out to Jesus to deliver her daughter of of all these demons. And Jesus said, I've been sent to the house of Israel. Not to you. She said, you know, I'm not giving up. I'm going where you go. Even the dogs, even the dogs lick up the crumbs from the table. See, she, she kept on after him. Because her, her belief was, here we got it, her belief was that he would deliver her daughter. But she didn't stay at home and ask or pray. She went to him and she said, I believe that you'll heal my daughter. You'll deliver her. He said, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not even sent to you. She said, yeah, just even what the dogs get, they eat the crumbs. I'm willing to eat the crumbs here. He said, woman, your daughter's delivered. You have, he called it great faith. She wasn't even one of the house of Israel. What did she do? She believed he would heal her daughter, and she, what, acted on that belief, okay, There's one more example here, and it's the woman with um, hmm, skip the page. It's a woman with the issue of blood. You know, she'd spent all her money. She needs a healing pretty bad. She's going to die. And if you if you look at the scripture, we haven't got time to read it, but if you if you look at it, it'll say. Matthew nine twenty to 22. It says, she said, if I can just get to him and touch his garment, I will be healed. That was her belief. Did she say it? Yes, she said it. She said, if I just get to Jesus, I can, I, I'll get healed. All I got to do is get to Jesus. Now, did she stay in the house? She was not supposed to be out because she had an issue of blood. She was... She was quarantined to her home. But she knew she was going to die there if she didn't move. So she pushes through the crowd. I I, I see her on her hands and knees going through this crowd. If I can just get to his garment. I don't have to touch him personally. I just get to his garment because it's anointed. She touched his garment. And Jesus turned and said to her, Your faith has made you whole. Wow. I mean, this just really got to me. 
You know, we, we just read over these stories and say, yeah, 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 I read that story. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm, I know that. I can tell that story. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, she believed that Jesus would heal her, and she pushed in until she touched his garment. She acted, and Jesus said, your faith, your faith healed you. Hallelujah. So she was persistent. I want you to know, if you don't know what else to say, if if I got you in such a quandary now you're afraid to open your mouth, you know, that you can say Philippians 4.19 about anything. It says, my God, your God, my God, shall supply all your needs according to the world system according to his riches and glory his riches and glory wow that's the standard he's going to supply your need by you say i need i need 50 dollars to pay the rent and jesus is thinking you probably need a hundred thousand to give into the kingdom you know, that that's our mindset. Well, I need $100 to um, buy my kids some clothes, some school clothes, and et cetera. And Jesus is saying you need $500,000 to send to Europe to build whatever. You see, we we are so small-minded. We just want to get our little needs met. Just, just take care of these little things here, you know, so I can be happy and whole. I don't have to worry. God's so much bigger than what we think. Okay, so I want you to say that. My God shall supply. Shall supply. That means he will, he has, he shall supply all my needs. If that's true, do you believe that? All right, if we believe that, how come we don't act on that? I mean, tell me, how come we don't? Do you act on that? Every time you have a need is the first thing you go to God. Or is that, oh, my goodness, I've done this, this, and this. We better go pray. Or we better get get our little faith shield out here and get it to work and plug it in. Faith is persistent. That was the woman that kept per- pursuing God about faith is persistent. And this is the last thing. Faith has a time. The Word says in Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is. That's the time. The time for faith is now. Now faith is. Not tomorrow, it's not going to be. But faith is now. Right now. You see, if I say God is going to heal me, That is not a faith statement. If I say God is going to bring me finances, there's no faith in that. 1 Peter 2.24 says that he himself bore our sorrows, carried our sicknesses and disease, and by his stripes you were healed. If you were healed, does Jesus want to have to go up there again to the cross and do it for you? You either, if you is, you are, if you are, you were, if you were, it's already done. Okay? 
That's not very good English. You were healed. You were healed. You were healed. So what are you going to say? You know, I thought, well, how do we say this, God? This is what you say. I want to hear you saying this for the next year. I want to hear this coming out of your mouth. I believe I'm healed. Well, that's not too hard, is it? Now, that's not squirrely. That's the truth. You've got to believe it. Your action is, I believe I'm healed. Now, you can't say that and then this afternoon say, you know what? My body hurts all over. I think I'm, I'm, I've got something terribly wrong going on. I mean, I've just got a pain inside my... And I don't mean... Hear me on this. I don't mean that you deny that you have pain. I don't mean that you deny that there are symptoms coming at you because I guarantee you that, you, that there are. The truth is, the Word says that you are healed. You have been healed. And, you know, I don't know how many of you were here on that Wednesday night when Paula came down and the power of God hit me and shot me <laughs> across the front and she said, you're healed top to bottom, inside out. Now, I, I have something that I can say, boy, I know I'm healed. Now, has my body lined up to that yet? It has to. It just has to because I believe I'm healed. And if you continually say that, your mind will even say, well, this, you know what? She's beginning to think that's really true. I guess we better begin to act like it. Your body will listen to what you say with your physical words. And your body will try its best to line up with that, and so will your soul. But if you go around saying, I'm tired and weary. I'm getting so old, I'm decrepit, I can't get around. My knees have lost all their cartilage, and there's no hope. Well, that's exactly what you're going to have. And, you know, this isn't name it and claim it. This is the Word of God. This is faith. The Word says it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, we pleased God when we came into the kingdom. But what have you been pleasing God with lately? Okay. If you're going to go around saying, I believe that I'm getting healed, then you better find you a good doctor. Because that won't work. It don't work for faith healing. It's not a statement of faith. And you're saying, you know... You're telling me to do all this stuff, and that just doesn't make sense. I'm going to say that's right. It doesn't make sense. It's faith. It's faith. You don't get the answer till you step out and do it. And then, and then your faith works. I hope I've overwhelmed you today with the simplicity of this. If you don't go out and do something about it this week... I'm going to be unhappy with you. I want you to all come and tell me by next Sunday. Tell me something that happened to you because you exercised your faith. You didn't just take it home with you, put it to bed and get it up in the morning and take it to work and come home in the evening and eat supper and go to bed and just carry it around. You're supposed to exercise it. Now, this is what I've told you. Everything begins in the spirit realm. But we have to bring it into this physical realm. So what are you going to do with all these scriptures I gave you today? What are you going to do about increasing, multiplying, changing your life with faith? I'm telling you, if you'll take what I've said to you today, it's just the simple, simple Christianity. Jesus lived by faith. 
you know, he didn't, um, when he needed to pay the taxes, what did he do? He didn't say, we got to go get us a job. All you disciples, you go get a job, and we'll get some money gathered together here so we can pay these taxes. He got the coin out of the fish's mouth, or he sent, was it Peter? You see, living by faith is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the easiest thing also. So I just want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you for the attention of these beautiful people. I thank you, God, that faith is acting on what we believe. And we're not just going to go around spouting what we believe anymore, but we're going to act on what we believe. And we're going to see things happen in marriages, in salvations, God, in healings, in deliverances, God. God, in in people coming into this house in order to, to work and to fulfill the vision of this house. The vision is so much bigger than most of them know. And God, there is so much to be done for the kingdom. We are kingdom builders, God. We're not just Living Word Fellowship Church people. We are kingdom builders. That's our purpose, God. And it must, it does take faith to be a kingdom builder. So God, I just, I just ask you to bless each one that you would seal this word. God, put it so deep in their heart and seal it so that it can never get away. That, that they can always proclaim, my God supplies all my needs no matter what's going on. They can always say, I believe I'm healed no matter what's going on. They can always agree with you. And when they agree with you, God, that moves your hand because you're a faith God. So I speak blessings upon them now. I'm thankful for everyone that has come today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to ask you, if you have not been living by faith, but you're willing to begin, or if you have begun and you have sort of fallen off the course, I want you to stand up. And I want you to come up here because I am just going to agree with you that God is going to begin to activate as you activate. He's going to begin to do something with your faith. You You have grown cold about the things of God because they haven't worked or you've grown weary about the things of God. And I'm just going to add my agreement to your faith that you're going to be changed this is not just an ordinary day okay I decree you're going to be changed because you are here today because faith changes everything faith changes everything I just want you to know you're an awesome, awesome congregation today. You have listened so attentively to the words that I've spoken, and I know I probably kept you long because I always do. I always think it's going to be short, and it never is. I want you to know I love you. I just agree. I'm not doing this for me. I want to see you. I want to see you, just like what's happened to you. 
You see, you took a hold of God and he's changing your life. The same with you, Mike. God wants to bless you more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And I just agree with that today. In Jesus' name.